Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 110. We are discussing the Waste Management Phoenix Open on the PGA Tour and the Saudi International on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gambler aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have Golf Betting System's European Tour expert, Paul Williams. Good morning, Paul. Morning, Steve. Sun's shining. Lovely day. How are you doing? Oh, we're all right. Good. Snowing in Scotland and it's beautiful blue skies and sunshine uh, down in the south. Can't, can't be bad, can it? Indeed. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Subscribe to the podcast and let's grow this thing together. What do you think? Let's grow this thing together. We need more subscriptions, effectively. Uh, naturally, we're available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Paul's on Twitter at Golf Betting. Let's drive Paul towards 10,000 followers on Twitter. There you go, listeners. And I'm available at Bamford Golf. Please take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. We did have a huge, I think we had some tiger factor last week, Paul. Yeah, Huge amount of downloads, which was great. Thank you very much. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. And guess what? We have a review. Now, this is from CCTTCC818. He didn't leave a name. That's catchy, catchy, isn't it? it? But anyway, thank you, CCTTCC818. He's in the United States of America. And he, he entitled his review, Top Golf Betting Pod. Five stars. Listened for the past three or three four weeks, and uh, now, and you get quality breakdowns of both PGA and European Tour events. Sports betting isn't legal where I live in the United States, but very useful for fantasy golf. Sleepers like Tom Hoagie at the Amex last week help a lot in that format. Love the show. Well. Very you nice, love the show, you. and we love you, CCTTCC818. Thanks for thanks for your review. Very nice, yes. Thanks very much for that. Uh, last week, Paul. I don't really want to talk about it, if I'm honest. No. And I, know, I know you don't. Ryan Palmer. I don't. When he shot that 10-under, I, I, I went to bed. I woke up Saturday morning, and I just shook my head because I knew what was coming. <laughs> I said, I said to my wife, I said, he'll shoot over past Saturday. Yeah. And when I woke up Sunday, I was absolutely amazed that he'd shot one under par. Mm. And I thought, wow. And then I saw that he'd been drawn with John Rahm and Rory McIlroy in the last group. And, I, instant, and I instantly knew what was coming. It's a shame, isn't it? Because his form's clearly very, very close. And he's been playing some, some really good stuff. He's just got this... Aversion to Sundays, isn't he? It's, well, we mentioned it. Well, we, you know, in the podcast last week, I said to you, and this is the gospel truth. I said, for an eat, see, I I often look for like an insurance each way punt, a mid price each way punt, where if all of the you know lead guys fail and die and miss the cut, you've got someone that hopefully can get in the mix for a place. Yeah, I had two last week: Ryan Palmer, Mark Leishman. Yeah, and that's the way it goes, isn't it? The thing is, if you look retrospectively, you'd think, well, Ryan Palmer hasn't won on the PGA Tour in a singles event since 2010. Mark Leishman is a four-times winner on the PGA Tour. They both love Torrey Pines, but one's likely to hang about and one isn't. Yeah. But I didn't. I went with Palmer because he was a bigger price. Yeah, yeah. And it was Leishman's putter in the end, wasn't it? Who, uh... Uh, yeah. He couldn't miss, could he? No. Very good. Some lo- Very strong par saves as well on Sunday. And... Uh... Yeah, Australia Day. Well, it was Australia Day for the uh, for the golfers as well, wasn't it? Leishman and uh, Lucas Herbert getting over the line in Dubai. How's it worked then? So Herbert, we've had Wade Orms being Hong Kong. Yep. And we've also had Cam Smith in at the Sony Open, haven't we? Yeah, doing well, aren't they? Doing very well. And well, it, you've that... you've tipped up an Australian, so it's about to end. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. The, the horse has bolted now, but so uh, yeah, I'm I'm going down the Australian line. Just hey, to, that you've just got Anzac, so um, you know maybe it will spread. Yeah, we never know. 
What do we uh, What do we make of John Rahm? It was an odd round, wasn't it, on Sunday? Odd round to get himself play himself right out of the uh, mix, and then uh, yeah, save for that bogey. What did he bogey? 15, 14, 15, something like that. Save for that, it was absolutely. He was four flying, over after. He was four over after mm. five, was it or six? He's uh, he's four when, he, when he's when he's teeing it up in Europe. He's converting those kind of chances, isn't he? He's he's just he's not looking back. He's putting in a round on a Sunday that's just blowing him away from the rest of the field. But uh, what price would he have been, Paul, at the um, Dubai World Championship in November? Because clearly Rory would have been what five to one, four to uh, one. Yeah, maybe. Eight, what would you what, like what would you got eights on Rory? About that, I expect. Yeah. And this is the point, isn't it? I mean, I'm looking at his odds right now. He's thirteen to two. When you're mm. when you're backing a thirteen to two chance, you you need to win. Yeah. And we're not saying that John Rahm can't win because clearly he's he's won many many tournaments. And the, the trouble with John is he's always putting himself in contention because he's so damn good. Mm. I think he's a future world number one. Got no doubt about that. But you just do get just these little failings now and again. Yeah. Especially on the PGA Tour. I can remember vividly, I was on him at the Players' Championship when he was leading, going into Sunday, and he just self-destructed. Yeah. I mean, to his credit, he did come back, didn't he, on Sunday, but it was too late at that point. The horse had bolted, hadn't it? Mark was going to win that tournament, probably from the start of the back nine. He built up that three, four shot buffer, which around Torrey Pine South. You need him to self-destruct as you're not going to catch him on your own. Yeah, and when he's putting as well as he was, and you know the confidence was there with the flat stick, wasn't it? And you know it gives gives everyone else a, a real uphill task to try and reel him in. And you know, Ryan wasn't a million miles; was only a shot away from him in the end, wasn't he? But he left himself far too much to do coming into the back nine. I don't know what about you, but that that tournament really wet my whistle for the uh, U.S. Open next year. Mm. That is going to be that's going to be a beast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You get that rough, nice and thick, juicy US, U.S. Open thick. A bit like the Dubai Desert Classic rough. Eh? Dubai Desert Classic U.S. Open style last week. Like, yeah. What was that yes. all about? I don't know. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Like, like the last two previous two winning scores: twenty three under, twenty four under, and then they. They grow. I mean, it's, it was windy on Sunday, but um, it was it was the rough that did it. Was there it was any a, clue that it's been wet in Dubai or nothing like that at all? I think that was a deliberate ploy to try and slow the scoring down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, twenty three under, twenty four under, nine under. And that's just it's just a different game, absolute different game. You know, it's one of these classic European tour curveballs that gets thrown at you every now and again, where. Either the course has changed by five hundred yards when they when they go to tee it up on a Thursday morning, or they've, they've grown the rough to six inches and it's silly thick. But uh, yeah, there were lots of capitulation. I mean, it was was windy on Sunday. I'll give it that, but there were lots of capitulations, weren't there? Um, Victor Perez, seventy nine. Uh, yeah, I, I try and on the European tour side of things, especially with these golf tournaments, you know, out in out in the Emirates. The way that it works in my household is there's exercise first thing in the morning. So by the time I'd got back from my rather um, nice bike ride Sunday morning, I, I logged in and um, oh, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Mm. <laughs> it, it's like the whole top of the leaderboard had collapsed and yeah. these guys that had gone out a bit earlier clearly were just sitting atop the leaderboard. And it was only Bryce and DeChambeau level with them. I think it was eight under. And he still had five holes to play. You know what's yeah, coming. Nine, yeah, nine under. He got, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Bryson was another one, wasn't he? He bogeyed the last four holes on the trot. So take well, apparently out, he got told to quicken. He, he got a warning for slow he play. He did, yeah. He got. Um, he, he took a warning and um, it, it and did then, him. You know how Bryson is. Cannot calculate. <laughs> and, um, yeah, bogeyed the last five. Means yeah. he's better price for me this week. So I'm quite, <laughs> I'm quite pleased with that. But, um yeah. There's a I, few, wasn't there? I mean, Tommy Fleetwood again, and again, as we said last week in in the pod and on my preview, he's getting off to slow starts and then leaving himself a an uphill task, and he got himself back into a decent position again. And then shot seventy five on Sunday, take himself out of the mix. Victor Perez, who started on in second spot, seventy nine, he shot. Ashen Wu, Ashen Ashen Wu's interesting because he's always perennially overpriced. So yeah. 
that bit of form that is, is flashed to us last week is useful to take forward to some of the events that will come up um, over the next two or three well, no, it's actually going to be longer than that. But He's uh, a bit deeper, isn't he? So. he likes, does he play well in Europe, doesn't he? Yeah, there's a few tracks that he you can kind of correlate to him. He's, he's a shorter player, so you need to pick him on the right kind of track. But uh, he even even though he ended up shooting what, 77 um, from the lead, he, he did make a lot of uh, you know, decent par saves and um, it just didn't didn't work out for him on, uh, on Sunday. But... Uh, there's there's enough there to suggest that there's uh, you know you get him on a, an easier easier week um, that's a little bit more amenable to his game and uh, he may well come good Ash and Woo. but uh, but yeah as you said uh, Lucas Herbert Christian Buzwaden who they um, they both um, got their rounds in nice and early didn't they and uh, mm. just sat there and watched everyone else fall away how long did they wait. After only, after finishing, was it a good hour over an hour kind? In that kind of bracket, yeah. I mean, it wasn't wow. it wasn't hours and hours, but uh, yeah. long enough to sit there and watch everyone. You know, that back nine in Dubai is the easier to two, but uh, when when the wind's up a little bit and the, the rough as tough as it was, it's um, it's clearly not uh, clearly not a pushover. And at, at the end of the day, because right now it should have won it. He, he, his approach to eighteen in regulation, he just. Uh, Spun off the front of the green and into the water, and you know another yard or so that stops on the green a few feet away from the hole, and he he makes birdie or par, and he, he wins the tournament without any other any other issue. But uh, that fair play to Lucas, and as you say, is a, a, a Australian domination at the moment. Recovered from his uh, sticking it in the water in the uh, first playoff hole, and uh, oh, yeah. make, makes birdie on the second to win. I it said to you yesterday there. that that drive on the second playoff mm. hole was a thing of beauty. It was um, it was Rory esque. Yeah, yeah. I mean, having Uno's approach on the uh, on the first playoff hole where he stuck it about seventy yards wide, didn't he, into the water, and um, to recover from that and uh, and convert was um, was pretty pretty impressive stuff. So. Uh, yeah, I think both those guys two hundred to one in that kind of bracket going into the uh, into the playoffs. So, one last question for you: You mm. watch the European Tour golf week in week out. Bazaden Hoot is he the next big thing from South Africa that we've been waiting for for this length of time? I like him on tougher tracks, and again, that was shown this week. You know, he obviously won in um, uh, Valderrama, didn't he? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. those players who can you know, up their game or can can compete and contend on the tougher tracks in tougher circumstances mm. are those that tend to be the ones who can perform better at the bigger events, yeah, the, ma- the, major at the majors. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's one to keep an eye on. So when, it, when as and when he does qualify for the majors, um, then he's one that may well be a, a sneaky outside pick, particularly if you're getting a, a lot of extra each way places, which is the norm nowadays. And he's proven. I mean, he had no form coming into last week. Yeah, he still uh, put himself in a position where you know he, he should have won ultimately. So you you'd place him just a level above the likes of a Brandon Stone, a Dean Bermester, a Justin Harding. Yeah, You've got... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's difficult with those kind of players because I do rate Stone, and uh, I think Justin Harding's got something about him as well. There's 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 a good crop of South African players yeah. coming through, undoubtedly. And uh, you know, perhaps they'll spur each other on. You know, perhaps mm. this they, they kind, kind of like the like the Aussies have spurred each other on clearly, and, uh, and perhaps mm. uh, perhaps we'll see some kind of uh, progression from those guys as well. But yeah, I, I think in their own individual ways, they've only got they've got their own strength. But with the with Brzezwaydenhow is um, is clearly playing on tougher, trickier tracks and in tougher conditions that really gets his juices flowing. So uh, one to keep in mind for that kind of uh, setup. Going forward, I think. Let's talk Waste Management Phoenix Open. Mm. Always one of my favourite tournaments of the year. It's a cracker, isn't it? I think one year, Paul, we'll either have to fly to Phoenix or we're just going to have to set up our own 16th hole around one of our houses. (laughs) Send the wife and children away for the weekend somewhere and literally just get tanked up watching the golf. What do you think? We can be we can be supping those Bud Lights. Just just throwing beer cans at the telly. <laughs> supping those Bud Lights until it's uh, <laughs> until we're absolutely comatosed. 
Yeah, I don't think I'd, I think I'd rather go actually. I think it's, it looks like a cracking atmosphere, doesn't it? And, uh, well, apparently you've got to literally sprint from the uh, you've got to sprint from the course uh, from the turnstiles, haven't you? And it's like you've got to be at six a.m. to got any chance to actually get a, a standard seat. You know, if you're not in a box, right? Okay. And the box the boxes are rather expensive. I yeah. read over the years. Highly competitive then. Yeah, but then you know. There's some great holes there, aren't there? I mean, I'd, yeah, is, yeah. The, the better hole is actually the 17th. Yeah, the, the yeah, four, that yeah. drivable par four. Mm. Um, that that's the one I would uh, probably locate myself around. Yeah, no, it's an exciting track. I do, as you say, it's a, it's a cracking event to watch, isn't it? So, uh, very much looking forward to it. Super Bowl weekend. They play this at the stadium course, TPC Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Arizona. As we know, it's a golfing commune. Um, I'd suggest 2025 in this field, live in the area there in Arizona. Uh, the golf course itself, um, it's had a, a recent update from Tom Wisecoff in 2014. But when I say to you it's a par 71, and it, the length is 7,261 yards, and I then mention that it's at uh, over 1,200 feet above sea level, you just think, yeah, it's the kind of course that can be overpowered. And sure enough, it's the kind of course that bombers just severely overpower. Yeah. I think, just looking at the analysis of it, when, when I look at this, I always think, you know, I, I need a good 320, you know, 305, 310 average man off the tee to win this. And it's true. Um, it's very easy to overlook, though, the likes of a Cesare EV that's done well around here the likes of Matt Kuchar, the likes of Webb Simpson, who can get right in the mix. But up until this point, a shorter player hasn't actually taken the title. Mm. I mean, we can go back to what um, Baby Walrus, Stadlum, uh, many, many years ago. I think he was quite a shortish kind of GIR man. But effectively, it's just ball, you know, it's it's pure ball strikers golf course. Yeah. It's, it's, Total driving, it's strokes going off the tee, it's hit as many greens as you can. It is not a putting contest. And I always think that makes for a better tournament personally, but yeah, that's just the way I, I look at it. Um, 600,000 spectators uh, attend this tournament. It's got a very, very boisterous atmosphere and that always puts me off the likes of two rookies like a, a Scotty Scheffler and the likes because... Yeah, don't get me wrong, 50-1 on Scheffler this week in a weaker field when he was 33-35s last week was appealing. But this is like a, this is a golf tournament like no other. Um, and in a way, I'd, I'd prefer to, uh, to, to actually throw my uh, money at, at, at players that have just uh, had at least an experience around there. Yeah, you've probably got to get your head around it a little bit first. I think so, personally. That's, that's the kind of angle I have. The greens are interesting. Now they are Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass, and I I see and I read and I hear a lot of people saying they're Bermuda grass greens. The point is though, it's January stroke February in um, Arizona. It gets very cold overnight. These greens are overseeded with velvet bent grass and Poa trivialis. So actually, in my mind, and especially. When I look at Hideki Matsuama's record around here, two wins and a, a host of top fives, they play more like bent grass. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. If you're seeing systems saying they're Bermuda grass and you need Bermuda grass putters, I'm not so sure. I mean, Fowler, he's another one. I mean, yes, he's, he's great on both surfaces, but actually he's won more tournaments on bent grass than he has Bermuda grass. Yeah, yeah. Gary Woodland's probably a similar, similar kind of ilk as well, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I don't see the grain in these greens that you do with a traditional um, Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass setup. Uh, the fairways are quite wide. We've got three par fives, and every single year, and I don't think it'd be any different this year. There's a little bit of breeze up on uh, Thursday, but the rest of it is, a, is your typical desert golf. Um, I think eighteen, nineteen under could be the winning total that we need this week. Phil Mickelson won here at 28 under in 2013, but that golf course was super, super, super soft. Um, I don't think it's going to be like that this year. They tend to have greens that quicken up during the tournament, but I think we're going to have fairways with plenty of run on them 
this year around. So Fowler won at 17 under, Woodland at 18, Matsuama at 17, 14 in 2016 when he won his first title. That was a windy affair. And Brooks Kepka won at 15 under. I think yeah, it's going to be that 16 to 18 under total. Mm. Am I kind of on the same wavelength as you? You watch this every year. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it doesn't tend to vary much, does it? It's um, as you said, the conditions tend to be very consistent, and uh, you're expecting the same kind of thing again this week. So, um, mm. in, in lieu of it being, um, you know, sopping wet, and, uh, and and as you said, that the year that uh, Mickelson won, it was it was so it was really soft, wasn't it? And you just firing at pins, and they're just not moving. Yeah, Ryan Palmer was second, I think. Mm. Schnedeker, you know, real soft golf course kind of golf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, I, I think you're right. We're kind of on the right, the same wavelength. Now, let's talk uh, our predictor model, completely free of charge to listeners. You can come to golfbettingsystem.co.uk, run the predictor model as many times as you want. There's some very useful variables this week. Desert positive, um, players that are excellent at altitude, players that play well on the West Coast, and you've added... Um, a very useful one for me this week, which is players that are very aggressive and go for the green. I think that's absolutely critical mm. this week. The way I looked at it, the way that I set my predictor model up, I maximised driving distance, I maximised drive um, greens in regulation, I maximised players who go for the green. I'll take you through the top 10 of my predictor model. Um, I have to highlight bookmaker of the week for the PGA Tour, it's it's clear cut, very clear cut. Um, we're recording this um, early Tuesday morning over here in the UK. Um, John Rahm at thirteen to two. These are the current best prices in the market, and these are all at Betfred. Justin Thomas at nine to one, Simpson at fourteen to one, Fowler at sixteen to one, Deschambeau and Kuchar at twenty eights, Woodland at thirties, Bubba and Morikawa at thirty threes, Scheffler. Hovland and Spieth at fifty to one, and Matthew Wolf at sixty-six to one. You will not get a better price anywhere else than Betfred on those players right now. Yeah. Uh, for new customers, come to Golf Betting System. Just um, we'll put a link in the description box to my preview. You can, if you're in the United Kingdom and Northern Ireland, you can access a a bet ten, get thirty pounds in free bets plus. 30 free spins at Betfred Casino. It's a better offer than you would get if you went directly to Betfred. Um, they are also seven places each way at 50 odds. So we keep mentioning Betfred, we keep mentioning Unibet, and it's true, they're the kind of accounts that you need to have if you're a regular golf better because the odds across Betfred and across Unibet are very, very competitive and you're getting additional spots now. All right, top 10. Um, I should also say key terms for that particular new customer offer are available on the website 10 how tong lee 50 to 1 with unibet uh, i'm reading the wrong field sorry <laughs> wrong predictable um 10 i was going to say how tong lee uh, 10 bubba watson 33 to 1 with bet fred um available at seven places each way if i mention each way places all the 50 odds nine is fowler 16 to 1 with bet fred eddie eight places eight is Xander. 18 to 1 with Betfair, eight places. He's he's the kind of sort that will um, screw me over this week, having stepped off him. Seven, the only 100 to 1 uh, or triple digit player in the top 10 of the predictor model. You won't be surprised. It's Brendan Steele, 100 to 1 with Betfred, seven places each way. And it's just all elite golfers, as you'd expect. Six is JT at 9 to 1 with Betfred. Uh, five is Hideki. Two-time winner here, many top fives. 16 to 1 with Betfair on the eight places. Four, big bad Gary Woodland at 30 to 1 with Betfred, seven places each way. Three is Tony Finau, the won't win, can't win machine. 33 to 1 with Unibet on the six places. Two is Bryson DeChambeau, 28 to 1 with Betfred, seven places each way. And number one, you won't be surprised, it's John Rahm. 13 to 2, Betfair, eight places each way. So Ram, DeChambeau, Finau, top 10 of this, uh, top three of this week's predictor model. That's kind of where this course is at, isn't it? It's, it's just bombs away, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds feasible. Now, there's one player that ranked 17th in my predictor model, top 25. 
who uh, is the first guy that I bet this week. And I was shocked with the price that I got. You messaged me a while about, about going about baby swag because you, you're one of these guys. You love you love following this baby mm. trend, don't you? You know where pe- you know where players you know it puts things in perspective, and players can tolerate the pressure a lot better when there's an extra mouth to feed and all this kind of malarkey. I think there's a few life stage, you know, incidents and things that happen in your life that uh, that, that can focus a focus a player's mind, and you know, big birthdays, thirties and forties can impact it, and uh, and becoming a father, that's another one that, and I think you've got to consider it, you know, the, the, the jury's out, of course there is, you're building these kind of intangible factors into your, into your, your, your betting psyche effectively, but uh, there's, there's enough evidence out there that some players can just... Uh, yeah, it can just take it on board and uh, and go out and produce something different and produce a, a, a top performance off the back of it. Maybe not the second they've just stepped out of the delivery room, mind, but uh, you know, in the in the next uh, next few weeks. Well, this particular individual, I think the baby was born on the seventh, so we're you know yeah, we're three we're weeks. three weeks into it. You're hoping that the Swedish au pair has been letting this individual have a few nights sleep, and he you know. Maybe he's got into a bit of a routine. Let's hope he's been practicing. And these are the intangibles you'll never know sitting in your in your office writing things on a Monday. But we've seen it in the past. It does, and it does happen. Um, you know, players that have just had a newborn all of a sudden they go out and win a golf tournament. Yeah. Now this particular individual, he was a thirty-five to one shot last time we saw him at the RSM Classic in November, the last uh, PGA Tour event before the close for Christmas. He then flew out to um, the President's Cup because Ernie Els had been so impressed with his form throughout 2019 that he, he brought him in as a captain's pick. He played him three times. He uh, won, a, he won a, a team match. He lost a team match and he halved his singles with Bryson DeChambeau. So not a bad effort. No, no, no. Not a bad effort at all. Impressive. Um, He's just an absolute beast when it comes to golf in the desert. Um, sixth, second, third and second at PGA West. Tenth and fourth at TPC Summerlin. He's got two top 17 finishes here from four paychecks out of five appearances at the Phoenix Open. He lives in Scottsdale. He uses this as a practice facility. He's got top tens also on the... Um, the kind of events on the Corn Ferry that you'd want to see good finishes at, like Saboba Classic and also Utah Championship. Um, I just couldn't believe the hundred. I when I first picked him up, I saw one hundred and fifty to one about him, but yeah. I managed to get on board. One, someone snapped that up very, very quickly. <laughs> it didn't last long. Uh, it lasted about ten minutes. I managed to get one hundred twenty-five to one on the seven places, fifty odds with Betfred on Adam Hadwin. And actually, you look at Hadwin's numbers so far this season. Top 40 for par breakers. 15th for that really critical ball striking um, category that I'm looking at. So someone that is hitting fairways, hitting greens, and hitting the ball a, a, you know, a good distance, effectively, ball striking. 23rd for greens and reg. 19th for going for the green so far this PGA Tour season. So... I've also noted that he's added six or seven yards to his driving distance. He's, he's averaging 297 off the tee. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to come into you know real value around here on the stadium course. So I just thought Hadwin worth a play at that price point. Yeah, now, yeah. He's got, I got a know, little, bit, little bit of uh, altitude form as well from, from oh, memory. absolutely. So. Now, What's I know like? um, you, you like your triple digits. I haven't got any more triple digit tips this week. So I'm going to jump to you. Is there anyone on that kind of a hundred to one or greater price point that you're on this week? Yeah, well, I I have backed um, Hadwin as well, unfortunately or fortunately, depends which way you look at it. We'll see on Sunday. Um, the other guy I've backed is Tom Hoagie, and I think the hundred to one that's still being quoted about Hoagie mm. is wrong. I think he's playing far far too well to yeah. Uh, to ignore. I mean, 12th, 12th at the Sony, 6th at the Amex, 5th last week. He played with Tiger last week in the final round and I know. Out, outshot Tiger by a couple I of know. shots. 
That shows real mental maturity. That shows a golfer that's actually got something right there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was really impressed with that. There's a lot yeah, of that, players that, who go... How many players do we... If that had been Ryan Palmer, he'd have shot 95. <laughs> well, this is it. There's a lot of players who, who, who can't handle that situation, yet he, he outplayed him. I thought that was yeah. really, really impressive. Um, 44th last year, I think he was. But if you look at actually dig into the detail, um, he shot 67, 68, 69. He was sitting in 12th spot heading into the final day here mm. last year. Um, shot 76, I think it is, and, and didn't quite make it. But um, I think he's a far, far more improved player yep. right now, and he's playing far, far better golf um, right now in the last last three weeks of this this year today. There's also a nice tie-in with players who've played well in the and the likes of Reno in the past. He's yep. got... Um, Montreux, yeah. Uh, that's right, yeah. He loves seven. it there. Three top ten finishes from memory. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. He's, got, he's got a sixth and a fourth um, from the ones that I noted in relatively recent years. Mm. So, yeah, I, I I couldn't see any reason to suggest... I mean, yeah, eventually the, the bubble bursts with some of these players and after three consecutive weeks of, uh, you know, decent progressive performances, um, perhaps it would come this week, but I thought for 100 to 1, um, it's worth taking on. And... Um, yeah, well, well, I'll wait and see. But yeah, he's, he's, the, he's the one, that, the three-figure price that I thought was uh, was one I couldn't leave out. I, must I think say. there were, you know, for the Amex, I think there were some 250s about. We managed to get 200 on the eights, which brought mm. home the each-way payout for us. But um, I noticed back then, he's a fantastic desert golf player. He's at the highest point of his OWGR ranking. He's up to 142 after last week. Mm. You know, he's making some serious noise, Tom Ogie, and you look, and he's 100 to 1. Yeah, just felt just felt the wrong price mm. to me, you know, given what he's done recently. So happily snap that up. Um, I've got a first round leader, which I'll do at the end if you like. But uh, after you've gone through your, your other ones, if I look at winning prices here, Paul, mm. um, and you know just where they the winners of recent events have been priced, we had Ricky last year at twenty two to one. Uh, the year previous to that was Gary Woodland at a very juicy 50 to 1. Bearing in mind, he came off form of 7th at the Sony and 12th at Torrey Pines. Mm. Now, that 12th at Torrey Pines tells a story because actually he'd been right up near the pace and he'd done his usual Gary and fallen away yeah. um, back then in 2018. So I think a lot of people would just look at Woodland and go, 50 to 1 for Gary Woodland, that's a rubbish price. He can't convert, he can't win. Well, lo and behold, he did. So I'm just adding these up. 22 to 1. 50 to 1 on Woodland, 11 to 1 on, on Matsuama the second time he won it, 25 to 1 the year I was on him when he did win it, and before that, Brooks Kepka was at 40 to 1. Average those out, winning price is 30 to 1 for this mm. tournament. Do you know what? So I've just absolutely battered the 30 to 35 <laughs> to 1 range. Yeah. And I've battered, you know, I've basically placed uh, bets on players that are. Hit the ball long, hit the ball straight, and pepper greens in regulation when they're in form. So it's, there's no real rocket science. I've come up with the following three names. Bryson DeChambeau, two points each way at 33 to 1. I got six places each way at 50 odds with Unibet on DeChambeau. This is what I like about DeChambeau. Six uh, main tour victories in his career. Um, and these are his winning scores. 18 under, 15 under, 18 under, 16 under, 21 under. And that Dubai Desert Classic last year, 24 under par. Mm. Give him a tough Dubai golf course where 8 under is going to win it. I was surprised yeah. to see his name still up there. But actually, this is the kind of event, that score, um, those metrics, I think he, this is where he's really going to come to the fore. If he can handle the uh, the travelling side of things, flying in from Dubai, and I think in this modern age, we see a lot of golfers that fly across and uh, there are no issues with it. I would have thought he was in his private jet within 20 minutes of um, walking off the golf course. Um, I think DeChambeau's got a great chance. He's played here once, he finished fifth. Tells you all you need to know, really. Yeah. Um, he's got three of his five PGA Tour victories have been on TPC Network courses. So Deer Run, Boston, Summerlin. And four of his five PGA Tour victories have all been on past 71 formats. So he just makes perfect sense for me. Yeah. 
Also finished fourth last time he played in the American Desert in Las Vegas in 2019. So DeChambeau's won. Um, Bubba Watson just played beautifully last week, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of the eye-catchers for sure. He was absolutely on point last week. And what do... what You just look at Bubba and you just look at how his form and his career has developed... For some unknown reason, he wins virtually all of his golf tournaments in a year that's an even year. So his last big haul was 2018. Um, they tend to be Ryder Cup years as well, don't they? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> clearly. I think Bubba, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you just look at what he does. Three wins at Riviera Country Club, yeah? Two wins at Augusta National. Three wins at TPC River Highland. So the the Genesis Open, the Travellers Championship, two Masters tournament. He just goes to golf courses that he likes, like last week. Um, he's won at Torrey Pines at the past. And when he's feeling right and the game's in great shape, he absolutely tears places apart. Yeah. He, he likes what he likes, doesn't he? And he doesn't like what he doesn't like. It's, it's he's never going to win the Players' it. Championship, is he? No. He's never going to win a US Open. He's more than likely to win another Travellers. He's more than likely to win um, another Masters. Yeah? Quite possible. Um, so I just thought 35 to 1 on a, on a guy that's finished. Um, I think it'd be an emotional win for him as well because he clearly hasn't won since 2018. We've got all of the stuff that's been going on in the States with Kobe. Um, and this is a tournament where he's had so many close. He reminds me a little bit of Ricky Fowler last year. A tournament which, which means a lot to it meant a lot to Ricky. It means a lot to Bubba. And he's finished eighth, fifth, fifteenth, second, second, fourteenth, and fourth here. Bubba Watson. And do you know what? If Bubba was to win this, I think I'd shed a tear as well. Yeah, he, he often does when he when he wins, doesn't he? It's often an emotional affair. Yes. It is an emotional affair with Bubba. He's that kind of individual, isn't he? Mm. And clearly, Ryder Cup year has something that really you know kicks in for him. I'm just looking at my preview from last week. You know I do my um, eight-week moving window? Yeah. Mark Leishman had been first for strokes gained off the tee. He was first for strokes gained approach. And he was in the top five for strokes gained tee to green. In my statistics last week, why didn't I tip him up? Oh, I'm still. <laughs> ah! Congratulations uh, to the many of you that were on him. Yeah, there was a few. Saw quite a few winning slips. Good stuff. Okay, nice this week. As well, this week, Bubba Watson strokes gained off the tee first. Bubba Watson strokes gained on approach second. Bubba Watson strokes gained tee degree first. What is it not yeah. to like? Yeah. Uh, and we've seen that kind of uh, trend before he's come and won a tournament before, haven't we? He finds all of that uh, the top form with his long game and bang, away you go. Especially when he's landing on a track that you know he, you know he likes. And uh, yeah, it all adds up nice. I don't, I don't fancy him at a resort level kind of course, but this 16, 17, 18, that's his wheelhouse. Mm. That's his wheelhouse of where he wins golf tournaments. So yeah, I'm all over Bubba at that price point. And most of you won't be at all surprised, but I've also slotted in my good old mate Gary Woodland, because this this is just this kind of track. It's horses for courses. I could have Hideki at sixteens. I could have Mark, Thomas at nines. Da 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 da. But I've gone for these three thirty to one plus points. Gary Woodland, winner here twenty eighteen. He's in decent enough, Nick. He missed the cut for me last week. It'd be all too easy for me to throw him out the window. That Gary Woodland missed the cut. But that Torrey Pines is that kind of tournament. The year I actually tipped up Matsuama here for the first victory, he'd missed the cut. But actually, you look at that underlying form for Gary. Seventh at the Century, seventh at the Hero, fifth at the Zozo, third at the CJ Cup. Mm. He's another one. Likes certain golf courses. Um, I think players that have got a good PGA Championship, US Open record, you know, go well at this golf course as well. Elite golfers. Gary's got all of that. Bubba's got all of that, although he hasn't got the US Open side of it. He's, he's come second in the PGA Championship. 
And we know with Bryson DeChambeau, at some point when computer computes, he'll be another another you know player that can compete around an Augusta National or yeah. a very long PGA Championship oh, yeah, yeah, track. Yeah, 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 without a doubt. There's also one more uh, course correlation I love. I love the course correlation between this and players that do well at the Memorial Tournament. Right, okay. And you look at Ricky Fowler. He's finished second twice at Muirfield Village. You look at Gary Woodland. He's had a fourth and sixth at uh, Jack's tournament. Matsuama's won. Um, yeah, Matt Kuchar, who's come very close here recently, he just hasn't got that pop to be able to get the job done. He's an absolute animal around Muirfield Village, Matt Kuchar. So that, mm. that course correlation is very, very strong. You can even go to the likes of Kyle Stanley that's been in the playoff there at yeah, Muirfield yeah. Village. Mark Wilson going way back to 2011. So, you know, DeChambeau, Watson, and of course, Gary Woodland. They've got excellent ball striking to, to do well at Muirfield. So this course suits them. One more player I need to mention who I didn't back, but I think could have a great week. Someone that played really well with his approaches last time out, Kevin Nahr. Right, okay. A real desert rat, mate, and there's a hundred yeah. to one about him. Yeah, is he fit now? Because he had been struggling a little bit with his. He had uh, been, but on his last outing, which would have been, I believe, the Amex. But don't shoot me if I'm wrong. He was first for strokes gained on approach. <laughs> and we know with Kevin, if his approach starts to click in, he's clearly one of the best putters. Oh, and yeah. the fact that these Fantastic greens are o- these greens are overseeded with bent grass, really sort of. Twi- it piques my interest with Nar, who just, mm. you know, all of those victories he's had on the PGA Tour, all bent grass. I'm not suggesting he wins this, but 100 to 1, I could certainly see him being right in the mix. Yeah, yeah. Could be a, could be a DK player if he's, uh, as long as he doesn't pull out at some point in the uh, proceedings. But yeah, if he's fit, then yeah, I can see that. Who would you take at the top of the market? Not that you're a top of the market kind of guy. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't. I, I, I haven't. I have backed um, Bubba as well. So there's two of yours scuppered from the outset. And um, but yeah, there wasn't really anyone at the top who who interested me that much. I mean, Hideki has got a fantastic record here, but uh, he hasn't quite been there recently. He seems to have a destructive drive in him or five, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and uh, you know, I don't. You can keep doing that. Um, but no, no, I, I agree with you. I think the, I think the value. Is um, kind of the sweet spot spot for the um, for the winners, putting that a little bit further down, and uh, I wouldn't be remotely surprised to see Bubble win this, um, particularly with the way he played last week. So yeah, I, I I like the angle of attack you've gone this week, I must say. Webb Simpson to four at fourteen to one just yeah. always makes me titter for a guy that hasn't has won one tournament since twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah incredible. It's, uh, when we talk about win equity, there isn't a lot there, is there? No, not at all. No, the, the, the ratio of wins to, to starts is very, very poor for a player of that kind of price. We wouldn't mind feedback from listeners, but that's one of the one of the projects that might be on our burner. Yeah, some kind of each way ratio or win ratio in terms of our statistics. It's yeah. not easy. It's not easy to to pull together, is it? It's it's going to take a lot of research. Yeah, to go back historically, it's something mm. we might start building up, and then we can. Uh, we can but a very useful number. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it is it, for something that where you're trying to make some final decisions between a few players, and something staring in the face that that player just does not produce a a positive return over the long term from you know from win or each way bets. Yes, it could be a, it could be a useful addition. I think could be a big project that one. Mm. Okay, that's the waste management fee. Oh yeah, I've open. got. I've got uh, oh, sorry, yeah, your long. Sorry, your first round leader. I yeah, apologize. I've got one first, and it won't surprise anyone who's uh, listened to me talk about first round leaders before, and you could probably guess it in one. You're not going Matt Every, are you? <laughs> Jesus, what is wrong with you? <laughs> no, actually, it's no. It, I've I've left Matt Avery alone for a little while. It's Charlie Hoffman. Charlie Hoffman's oh, oh, my, oh, <laughs> my, uh, yeah, my, he, my he, second favourite. He finished like a train leader. last week, didn't he? He did sixty five mm. to close at the Farmers. It was a tied best of the week or tied best of the day. So, sorry, with uh, mm. with eventual winner Mark Leishman. And um, mm. we know with Charlie when he gets he loves a bit of desert anyway. But uh, when he gets uh, in, in his you know, scoring boots on, he can uh, he can go out first round and uh, and really pepper. The uh, oh. flags. What did, what did you get? 
90 to 1. First round leader, I got on Charlie Hoffman. For, I better be for, quick because there's a sea of blue on him. Yes, I think he'll be popular, and quite rightly, I'm not. I've not waited for the draw because you've put some very handy statistics in your preview this week, which suggests that AM or PM it doesn't historically or hasn't historically made a massive difference as to um, whether the, the uh, first round leader comes from either side of the draw, um, and no. typi- typically with the conditions, they are pretty flat in. Uh, in Scottsdale, so I can understand that. But he was third here after day one in 2011. He was sixth here after the first day last year. And uh, as I say, he's coming off a nice flying finish last week. Um, it's very, very cold here in the morning. So often you get, um, it's like last year, 2 a.m. starters and 1 p.m. starter for the 7 under 64. Fowler, mm-hmm. Thomas and Varner the third. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm not. And then the two years prior to that, Hass seven under he was PM. Kuchar was PM. So yeah, I don't think there's a huge draw bias. No, I think you, you can't. Yeah, you can't. You kind of weigh it up. You're going to get first use of the greens and uh, mm. and probably slightly softer first thing versus warmer temperatures in the afternoon. But so unless unless you get a year where there's a considerable wind bias, I suspect you could find that either side of the draw could. Uh, could produce the first round leader. So. I'm going to log into my Bet365 account as you are literally starting your Saudi international preview, Paul, and, and get a 90 to 1 <laughs> losing bet on Charlie Hoffman. <laughs> uh, yeah, we shall see. But yeah, I couldn't resist. No, that. I do see the logic in that. I really do. Yeah, I like that. Right, Saudi international then. The final leg of our. First, the first of our two Middle East swings that we've got this season on the European tour. We're back in the um, uh, back back in the Middle East in a month or so for the Oman Open and the Qatar Masters. But for now, this is the the third and final one before we head down under for the Vic Open next week. Um, and we're going back to the banks of the Red Sea for the second consecutive year after the inaugural Saudi International um, that took place last year. And again, it's one of these events, you're getting it with a lot of sports, aren't you, where the um, appearance fees and the money that's thrown at um, events like this eclipses the uh, the prize fund. The prize fund here this, this week is $3.5 million, but I suspect to um, attract the likes of Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed, even Lefty. I suspect there's been some serious money thrown at some of these players to get them to come along. Yeah, I, I saw Abraham Answer. Yeah, Abraham Answer, yeah. I yeah. think Bryson was due to play, but Bryson had issues with the terrorist kind of side of things and has clearly gone back to Phoenix. Yeah. and that, it's, it's, That'll have cost him a lot of money to do that, but there you yeah. go. Yeah, it's one of those events that's going to going to split opinion, and you clearly there's the human rights issues with the, the country, and you know we're not going to get into all of the politics around it, but um, clearly some players have uh, decided to either um, put that to one side and take the money, or decided to put it to one side regardless and come come and fight for um, what's still quite a healthy prize fund in the context of some of the European Tour events. So, so yeah. We'll uh, we'll take it at face value and uh, and and play the event accordingly. Um, in terms of the players, Dustin Johnson heads the field. Defending champion, fifteen to two this week. Brooks Kepka eleven to one. Patrick Reed fourteen to one. Then you into the likes of Victor Perez, Sergio Garcia around the twenty two to one mark. Stenson Lowry twenty fives. Answer as you said twenty eight to one. Um, Tom Lewis, twenty-eight to one, being backed in heavily um, over the last day or so, off the back of his third place finish last week and third place finish here uh, the year before. So that classic combination of current form and course form uh, looks to have uh, piqued the interest of many a punter. Thirty-three to one, bar those players that I've just mentioned. Now, as you go further down the field, of course, it thins out quite quickly when you've got players of that kind of. Um, elite level at the top of the market. So there are some juicy old prices further down, which we'll uh, go into a little bit later on. Um, the Royals, Royal Greens Golf and Country Club is the venue this week. It's a Dave Sampson design. Um, it's past 72 for the members, the 9th and the 13th to play as long par fours for the professionals here this week as it did last year. It's not your typical golf affair, is it? Or golf not, swing affair, no? Yeah, it's not a it's not a typical long desert 
track. It's mm. um, it's played by the as I say, but it's, it's around four lakes. It's built around four lakes, and it plays alongside the Red Sea for a few of the holes, or towards the Red Sea, and a few of them as well. And um, and it's only a seven thousand and ten yard par seventy. So it's, for a desert track, it's extremely short. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's clearly. It's a different ilk, a different style to some of the tracks that you'd expect at the Earth Course, for instance, or you know Abu Dhabi, which was what, nigh on seven thousand six hundred yards. So it was a slightly different flavour to it this week. And um, it's also planted with Royal Dynasty Pasperlum grass throughout, so it's used okay. on all elements of the course. Mm-hmm. So we get quite used to seeing um, Bermuda, Bermuda grass greens on the uh, on, on the, the Middle East events at uh, yep. Dubai and Abu Dhabi and Qatar, etc. This is different. This okay. is Pasperlum. So yeah, it's another factor to build into your um, to your your considerations this week. And. Um, Short coastal tracks like this, they rely on wind, and we didn't really get a great deal of wind last year. We didn't. It doesn't look like we're going to get a great deal this this year either. So maybe 10, 15 mile an hour at its peak. So the winning score last, you know, you're looking looking up to the upper teens last year. I think it was eighteen or nineteen under that DJ got to. And I think you're looking somewhere in the similar kind of vicinity uh, this week. Famous last words after after last week, of course, but. Um, but yeah, I suspect you're going to need to be getting somewhere in the low two sixties to be to be competing, contending this week on a par seventy. Uh, last year, Dustin Johnson won the tournament. As we said, Hao Tong Lee came second. Tom Lewis was third. Minwoo Lee was fourth, and Alex Levy finished fifth. And I guess whenever you see the likes of Alex Levy on the leaderboard, it tells you a story about the track. It's for me, it's risk reward. It's going to be one of those. Um, courses that uh, appeals to the longer hitters or the players who are more likely and more willing to take on some of the riskier shots to uh, to get a uh, a leg up the leaderboard. And Minwoo Lee who finished fourth is currently the longest player on the uh, on the European tour. Mm. And if you look at the way the tracks configured, there's two par fives, but there are also three pretty short par fours, which a lot of the longer players were having a crack at last year. Um, and in that respect, it puts the emphasis, or last year put the emphasis very much on par four scoring as being one of the key or the key aspects of it. So a bit of length scoring on these um, attackable par fours and then a, a good strong performance on and around the greens appears to be the right kind of combination, albeit only from one year's worth of analysis. So, you know, you, you've got to take all of it with a pinch of salt, I guess. But even so, it was it was fairly clear that those players who were willing and able to to go for go for their shots last last year were the ones who ended up um, reaping the rewards. Only other factor that I could really draw out of the top five last year was that each of them had recorded um, a top ten in at least one of their last six starts. But again, you've only got one year's worth of analysis, so. I wouldn't get overly hung up on that. Um, it's you know there's plenty of uh, plenty of things can change after a a year's renewal this year. So so yeah, I've, I've thrown it all into the pot. I looked at the top end of the market and you with the likes of Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka on their game, either of those could win the tournament quite easily and. You know, it's debatable given how little golf the pair of them have played over the last few months as to how they'll they'll play this year. But then DJ turned up last year and, and won the golf tournament. It's um, you know, it's one of those that a, a player of that kind of quality could just turn up and just play well and just win the tournament. And that puts a lot of the prices just below him. You know, the likes of a Victor Perez who's been playing some good stuff. You know, notwithstanding his his round to finish in Dubai last week. Mm-hmm. 22 to 1 just I, I, I couldn't stomach it I, I, as much as I want to be back in Victor Perez because I'm sure there's another winning him soon um, with, with a couple of names like Johnson and Kepka above him in the betting I just can't Gwen Reid yeah. yeah absolutely you got Patrick Reid there as well you know I, I just can't stomach it you know Stenson Larry's you know still been stuttering along since his uh, since his open win last year. Um, Sergio Garcia is probably the one that will come and bite me on the backside, having backed him for the last two weeks, and I suspect this week will be the one that he goes into. So you're going to go for some longer shots. I'm going to quickly run through the top ten mm. of the predictor model you produced. Yeah, uh, go for ten, it. Ten Howell of Tao Tong Lee, 
50 to 1 with Unibet, six places each way, all of 50 odds. I've mentioned each way places. Nine, you've mentioned already, Min Woo Lee, 60 to 1 with Coral in the seven places. Eight, Sam Horsfield, 110 to 1 with Ladbrokes. Seven is Michael Lorenzo Vera, 40 to 1 with Unibet, six places each way. Six, Thomas Peters, 33 to 1 with Bet365, top five. Five is Shane Lowry, 22 to 1 with Betfair on the eight places. Four, EVR. Eric Van Ruen, 40 to 1 with Unibet, six places each way. Top three, Victor Perez at three with 22 to 1 with Betfair each, eight places each way. Two is Dustin Johnson, 15 to 2 with Coral, seven places each way. Number one, Brooks Kepka, 11 to 1 with Betfred, six places each way. So <coughs> you've, said, you've said the names already Kepka, Dustin Johnson, and Victor Perez. They're the top three in the predictor model yeah. as well. And I think statistically, you you know you, you could struggle to argue against mm. uh, against the guys that appear at the top there. I, I, for me, it's a value thing because if you're looking at um, a, a Perez who's twenty to one or a, a Garcia who's twenty twenty two, a little bit twenty fives around. That's you know that that's the win price, and for a player who's a hundred to one, if you're getting five a fifth of the odds, that's twenty to one for the each way. If you're getting yeah. caught the odds, that's twenty five to one for the each way element. And I've I've decided to go for four longer shots, four hundred to one or longer prices this week to try and play it that way. Because okay. I, I do have this fear that one of the top boys can just turn it on. You know, there were there were snippets of form with um, with Kepka. Um, when he played a couple of weeks back and whilst he couldn't last the entire four rounds I think that would have done him some good to have uh, to have run out and he could well improve from that Dustin Johnson's coming as defending champion clearly got on with the course very nicely last year and um, yeah, again there's it, it, it's an argument to say that he's just going to come along and, and win the tournament so so yes I've gone for uh, longer shots to try and grab an each way sp- place and you never know as we saw last last week players can get themselves into a position and uh, and things can happen on a Sunday that just uh, thrusts them into a and into a playoff or into a into a winning position at the uh, at the end of the tournament so let's keep our fingers crossed uh, first up I've gone for Ryan Fox he was uh, he's currently sitting, sitting second to Minwoo Lee in terms of driving distance for for us for the full year last year, and his best form has tended to come on linksy and coastal tracks. If you look at his Irish Open records, second and fourth, Scottish Open fourth and sixth, and um, he won the Perth Super Six last year, which is just inland, it's a couple of miles inland, so close enough to the uh, to the coast to get some uh, some similarities in terms of the conditions. And um, that ties in nicely, actually, Super 6 with Minwoo Lee. He's got a couple of top eight finishes there. Alex Levy, when it was played as a stroke play uh, event back in 2016, he finished second at uh, Lake Carignyup as well. So there's some good correlation with that um, that Perth track, I think, coming into this week. And um, After that win, he went off the ball a little bit. Um, I mean, how many times do we say that? These players, they get, get over the line and... Um, and nothing happens then for the next few weeks and months. But uh, he started to come back to life towards the back end of last year. He was fifth into the weekend at the Dunhill Links. He led the Open to France um, a couple of weeks later after the first round. And we've seen some positive rounds from at the Australian PGA. And last week at the Dubai Desert Classic, he's 66 in round three, was amongst the very best rounds on the day. So there's lots of little signs that Ryan Fox is returning towards um, some good current form sixth here last year i mean for me there's lots to like about a player at 100 to 1 this week um slightly longer renato paratori the italian at 125 to 1 and he's another powerful another aggressive attacking player um 18th here last year he shot 65 in round one he was second to thomas peters after the first round he shot another 65 in round three it was only his round on friday 74 he shot which took him out of the golf tournament, but finished 18th overall. Um, and he started this season off in fine style too. 19th at Leopard Creek. Um, he lost in a playoff at uh, in, in Mauritius as well. Mauritius is interesting as a correlating for um, course, given the uh, the similarities in grasses they use there and uh, in terms of the coastal position as well. So um, worth looking at Mauritius for some, uh, mm. some, some inspiration if you're looking for some long shots. So he lost in the playoff there to Rasmus Hogard. Um, at the back end of last year um, big personal best in Abu Dhabi a couple of weeks back he shot 64 in the first round to lead there 
Yeah. Um, miscut last week, but I'm not overly concerned. I think this track this week will suit him far better than it did last week in terms of the uh, difficulty and uh, setup of the course. A um, couple of longer shots still from there. Dean Bermester, 150 to 1. Um, you're not, you're again, not getting that. You're not getting that anymore. No, he's <laughs> he was. He's been hammered. <laughs> yeah, he was. He's he tipped up in a couple of places yesterday as well. Um, after we went live, so he's started to be. Uh, to to his prices dropping. So if you do fancy a bit of Bermester, then yeah, don't don't take too long because he's move move still... quickly. You'll get one hundred twenty five to one at Unibet with six places. Apart from that, it's um it's all uh, one hundred. It's all hundreds and even eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Popular man this week, and you can see why as well. I mean, in terms of um, raw credentials, second for driving distance in 2018, fourth in 2019, sixth so far in the embryonic stats for this year. So he's clearly got the uh, the power off the tee to to perform around here. And um, seven Sunshine Tour wins though. I mean, there's a little bit more to his game than just pure power, and a lot of his best form on the European Tour has come in the Middle East. Fourth couple of times at the earth course over the over the years seventh in Abu Dhabi third last week in Dubai which really piqued my attention mm. um, and that was off the back of four straights missed cuts so clearly found some form last week and potentially he could take it into this this week's um, test we shall see I mean missed cut last year when he came here but that was off the back of some poor form and when we know we know we've been messed up when he finds some uh, some decent form he can keep it going for a mm. few weeks so him continuing that improvement from last week isn't out of the realms of possibility, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and finally, and you mentioned I'd backed an Australian start. This one is Scott Hend, who I backed yesterday at 250 to 1. I think he's been trimmed in a little bit as well. And there's, um, there's a few firms still going 200 to 1 on the Hend. But again, if you're looking at the, the, the theme from my other three players, long player... And 15 professional wins, Hend. I mean, he's not afraid to win, this guy. Three three of which have come on the European Tour. And they've generally come on shorter courses that he can overpower. Um, for instance, Hong Kong, Malaysia. He's lost a couple of playoffs at uh, Cranston Sierra over the years. Um, and that's generally, I think, he likes to come to these tracks that he can overpower and he feels comfortable and confident on them and often goes off and, uh, and puts in a... Uh, it puts in a decent performance. And sixth last year when he came here, second round of 63 to put him bang in contention. Um, couldn't quite convert, but sixth place finishes in pretty uh, pretty decent uh, indicator that he's going to get on well here this week. And overall, I think he's actually in better form coming into this week's event than he was 12 months ago. He's got a couple of top 20 finishes in his last four starts. Uh, 12th in Thailand, which actually was his best greens in regulation performance for, well, going back to his Malaysia win in uh, March last year. 17th in Abu Dhabi, and that featured his best putting performance for almost two years. So there's some good, positive signs from uh, some key elements of his game in terms of his approach play and his uh, performance on the greens over the last few weeks. And with the Australians playing so well lately, is there another one who can get himself over the line? Well, it's uh, two hundred to one or thereabouts. Yeah. That's um, that's a chance I'm quite happy to take. This he, he pops up at big prices in in, he does, in yeah. some quite quite chunky tournaments, doesn't he, Scott? Yeah, yeah. there's he's no not... rhyme or reason behind half of it. No, it's a difficult one to get right, but if you do get him right, the reward is um, pretty strong, I must say. So that's uh, number four. I'll just recap quickly: Scott Hend. Dean Vermesta, Renato Paratori, and Ryan Fox, all at chunky three-figure prices. Anything or anyone you fancied there, Steve? On you had a flick through. I'm going to have a uh, John Rahm Brooks Kepka double. Right, okay. I just think Kepka. He, he actually played reasonably. I think he was 16th strokes going tee to green, and he was you know, mighty off the tee last week or two weeks ago. Mm. You just get the feeling with him. Will he like Rory nicking his world number one spot? Mm. Probably not yeah. with Brooks. Yeah. Um, and this is a huge opportunity for him if he can actually get his game into, yeah. into shape. There's some motivation there for him to do that. Yeah, well. and that's, that's how Brooks rolls, isn't it? He needs some motivation. Um, and this could be the week. Because yeah, he can defend if he can if he can get a big haul of OWGR points this week and, and make it more difficult for Rory. That's the kind of thing I think that would actually get him really peaked. 
Mm. And yeah, I think Rahm and Kepka in a double. I don't think that's a bad uh, bad shout this one. So that's that's the only what the what only angle or action I'm going to have on it. Cool. Good stuff. Well, best of luck this week, Steve. Best I like of luck the look to of you. Our, like the look of some of our picks. So hopefully we can get to get some in the mix on Sunday. Yeah, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Mm. Always nice to have action on a Sunday, apart from when it's Ryan Palmer. <laughs> I think he's got in my never back again bucket. Until the next time. No, I think he's in there with Paul Casey. Paul, <laughs> I think it really was the last chance. Yeah, yeah. final nail. Yeah. Thanks for your time, and thank you to the, our listeners. As I said at the top of the show, if you could subscribe, that'd be very, very helpful. Let's get these uh, download numbers growing and growing throughout 2020 on our way towards the Masters in April. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again very, very soon. Goodbye. <laughs>